quick note. Today's subject matter may be sensitive to some viewers, so viewer discretion is, as always, advised. Enjoy. This is one of those stories that, honestly, causes me a good amount of mental distress. But it's also one of those stories that I need to tell, either to an audience or a therapist, to get out of my own head. And this all happened back in high school. It was actually the second semester of my junior year. I was a bit of a loner back then, and had never really had an actual girlfriend or relationship and was frequently teased by my friends for it. Like most high school guys, I had my crushes and girls that I wanted to get with, but none of them showed any interest in me, until I met Cheryl. Cheryl was, in the best way I can think to describe her, the goth girl in our school that no one else really screwed with. She had a clique of friends, and the popular kids would talk about her behind her back, but they never said anything to her face. She and I had spoken some before, and she seemed like a pretty okay person, as far as previous experiences with her went. Maybe a bit abrasive, but easy to talk to. I'll never know how it initially happened, but someone gave Cheryl my Snapchat name. And I know this, because one night... She randomly sent me a snap that was a picture of a dog, and it said something like, What's up, loser? I thought it was one of my friends at first, so I responded with the picture of my Xbox controller. I said I was playing Halo and asked who it was. I remember the person had their name set to something like Cherry Black instead of their real name. Immediately after... She sends me a picture of herself. I was legitimately confused. I had no idea why she was Snapchatting me. I think I replied with something like, Wow, you must be pretty damn bored to have to talk with me. And a pic of myself, just in case she thought I was someone else. Then, she replies with, No, I actually wanted to talk to you. We had a decent conversation over Snap, until I was too tired to stay up. She threw in her aggressive quips, calling me a loser every once in a while, making jokes at my expense, but honestly, I didn't mind. It wasn't anything my group of childhood friends didn't already do, and she wasn't being malicious with it. From there, we actually spoke a few times at school sat together at lunch, and started sitting by each other during American history, which was the only class that we had together. Honestly, I was in a bit of awe, because she was actually a really cool person, and she became a really good friend over the couple of weeks that we had gotten to know each other. Then, one day, I got a text from her that said, Hey, you're my boyfriend now. I laughed it off, and responded with, Oh, is there a guy that you're trying to let down easy and you need a stand-in? I didn't expect it, but... She responded with, No, I'm telling you that you're my boyfriend now, 
and I'm your girlfriend. We are dating now. It was kind of an odd way to do things, but I also wasn't going to look a gift horse in the mouth. She was telling me that she and I were together, and that was that. Obviously, I thought that this was going to be some kind of messed up prank at first, but when I got to school the next day and saw her, she immediately started to make out with me, and I think it was then that I realized she was being serious. Again, she was obviously a bit more aggressive with it than I anticipated, but hey, I had a girlfriend, and I was no longer a lonely loser. Things went pretty well for about a week. Nothing crazy happened, and I was pretty happy. Then, the first red flag came into the picture. I posted a photo on my Snapchat story of myself and my older sister. It was a completely innocent picture that I mostly posted for family and friends for the fun of it. About ten minutes after posting it, I get a text from Cheryl with a screenshot of my Snap story and my sister's face circled in red. It was like she loaded the picture into the editor on her phone and drew circles around her. The picture had a text with it that simply said, Who is she? I replied, That's my sister. She then responds, What's your sister's name? I was a bit taken aback by how aggressive she was being about a snap with my sister, but I relented and told her. Her name is Amanda. About five minutes or so later, she responds with, Okay, and a smiley emoji. That same night, I got a random text from my sister that said something to the effect of, Wow, your girlfriend is so cute. You should have told me that you were with her. I asked how she knew, and she responded by telling me that Cheryl had added her on Facebook and then messaged her asking her if she was actually my sister. Obviously, I had a bit of a problem with this, so the next day I asked her why she had done that. She responds by saying, I had to make sure that you were serious about being with me. Plus, I'm your girlfriend. I should get to know your sister so maybe we can do stuff in the future. By the time this had happened, we had been dating for around eight or nine days, and she was being that aggressive about a snap with my sister. Again, this was my first girlfriend, and I was 17, so while this was a bit odd to me, I just let it go, because maybe that's how relationships just were sometimes. Overall, things seemed to go alright for another few weeks. Then, there was one day where I was at lunch and talking with my cousin, Anne. Cheryl walked up to us and basically grabbed me and forced me into a kiss with her. It was kind of strange, but I didn't do much to stop it. Afterwards, I kind of just laughed at how awkward the whole thing must have been for Anne... I cleared my throat and then said, Um, Anne, this is my girlfriend Cheryl. We've been together for almost a month. Cheryl just kind of stared at her and then reached out to shake her hand 
saying hi with a very stale tone. Anne could sense the animosity, and she excused herself, after which Cheryl shifted her angry stare to me and asked me who the hell Anne was. I explained that she and I had been friends since we were little kids, and that her mom had married my mom's brother, so she was my cousin by marriage. At first, Cheryl seemed to be accepting of my response. Then, after school, I got a text from her that said, I've been thinking about it, and you're not going to talk to Anne anymore. I didn't respond. Fast forward another week, and Anne, my cousin that I wasn't supposed to be talking to, got a job at the sandwich shop that I was working at, which is exactly what we had been talking about that day at lunch. My boss was a really cool manager, and I was able to talk him into hiring her, and I told him that I would train her. I'd been there for a few months, so I was basically assistant manager without the official title. That night was Anne's first shift, and after he got all of her onboard paperwork done, he told me good luck and to call him if I needed anything. Then he left. We were about an hour and a half into the shift, and we were slow, so I decided that I would sit down at one of the tables and talk to Anne about how the closing shifts worked, how to fill out the cleaning checklist, and just the overall basics. We were talking for about five minutes before my phone went off. It was a text from Cheryl. I opened it, and it literally said, I thought I told you not to talk to her anymore. Obviously, I was confused. We were at work, and working. One, how did she know that I was talking to her, and two, was she really going to be so controlling that she didn't want me speaking with my own cousin, who was a co-worker, that I was tasked with training? I told Anne to take a few minutes for a break, grab a drink, and that I would be right back. I stepped out into the parking lot, and sure enough, Cheryl was sitting in her car, facing the restaurant. I went over to her car, and she rolled down her window. I asked her what the hell she was doing. She told me that she didn't want me talking to Anne anymore. I told her that I didn't have a choice and that she was my cousin. After some back and forth and a short argument, I just gave up on the conversation and went back inside. I thought that maybe this would be the end of this annoyance, but sure enough, it wasn't. The next shift that Anne and I worked, which was two days after that event, I walked in, and my manager asked me to come to his office. I stepped in, and I could tell that he was upset with me for something, though I had no idea what it was. I asked him what was going on, and he told me that, apparently, Cheryl had called him and told him that he needed to get rid of Anne because she and I weren't supposed to be talking to each other. She told him some really messed up and elaborate story about how, when we were younger, I had sexually assaulted her and that I was controlling her, 
basically that I was grooming her since she was about a year younger than me. I was appalled at this. I obviously told him it wasn't true, and that I had no idea what the hell she was talking about, and that I would be personally willing to sit in with Anne, and she could tell him that it was all a lie. He honestly seemed uncomfortable about this, which was really bizarre to me. He told me that he had temporarily suspended Anne, but that he hadn't told her the reason, and that she would be coming back in two weeks, and that I needed to sort all of this out before then. I honestly had no idea what I was supposed to do to sort it out, but I agreed, and just tried to get through my shift. I completely ignored Cheryl at school the next day. She tried to approach me, and I completely shut her down. After class, before I had to be at work, I met up with Anne and told her what was happening. She was just as shocked as I was about this, and asked what we should do. I basically told her that we needed to just ignore Cheryl, and that it would help if she could talk to our boss without me around, and then explain the whole thing was a lie. A while after this conversation, when I was driving to work, I got a text from Cheryl. It said, I thought I had made it clear I didn't want you talking to Anne. I'd had enough of this, so I called her. The conversation was quick, but it was pretty much me breaking up with her, telling her to back the hell off, and to just leave me alone. She then said something that actually gave me the creeps. She said, You don't get to break up with me. I don't think you realize that I call the shots. I then told her that she was completely nuts and that she needed to get help, and then hung up on her. As I'm sure you can probably guess, especially when dealing with obsessively crazy people like Cheryl, this is where things started to get worse. That night, while I was working at the sandwich shop, I kept getting weird looks from the customers as they walked in, and some customers that were walking towards the door would turn around and leave before they actually entered. Thankfully, one of my friends had decided to come by and get food. He got to the counter, and he asked me what the hell was going on with the lady outside. I asked what he was talking about. He then proceeded to tell me probably the most horrific thing I had ever been told. Apparently, Cheryl was outside, and she was telling people that a rapist worked there, and that no one should support a company that employed a rapist. She was literally telling people as they were walking up that I was a rapist, and that I was free because no one would believe her. She had been standing outside the entire shift and was saying this to people as they walked up. I couldn't see her, because she was just off to the side of the window. I told my friend to hold on, and I stepped outside. Sure enough, she was standing there. I asked her what she was doing and why she was doing it, and she just started to scream, Hey everyone, this is the rapist. This is the man that should be in jail. I told her to leave, and she just smirked at me and said, Make me. So I did. I called the police, 
and told them that she was trespassing, and I then called my manager to tell him what was going on. The police showed up and told her that she needed to leave. They came in and asked for my information, and I gave it to them, then told me that she was advised not to return to the property or she would be arrested for trespassing. Of course, just because she wasn't allowed on the property didn't mean that she couldn't continue to do damage. It was a day or two later when my manager once again called me into his office. Thinking that I had taken care of the situation with Cheryl, I went in without really thinking anything of it. When I get in, he had my file on his desk and a paycheck in an envelope, as well as a Google review screen on his computer. He then proceeds to tell me he was advised by the regional manager that he needed to fire me. I asked him what was going on, and he showed me the screen. The store's Google rating had been tanked, and there were a significant number of one-star reviews that mentioned the store was employing a rapist, and that no one should support this business until they fired me. Some of them even mentioned me by name. My boss basically told me that, while he really didn't believe the whole thing, he didn't have a choice. It was bad press for the business, and his boss was telling him to let me go to fix this problem. In the end... I just signed the document, gave him my hat and apron, and took my check. I think the hardest part of this whole thing was trying to explain to my parents why I had been fired. I had been working there for almost a year at this point, and was probably the only person that had stuck around for so long. So, to have to tell my parents that I was fired honestly hurt me. I had to tell my own mother that I was being fired because my ex-girlfriend was claiming the store was protecting a rapist, and that I was being the one called out as such. I, of course, told her that it was all a lie, and that Cheryl and I were never even intimate, and that she was just trying to mess with me. Obviously, they weren't really sure what to do, other than possibly call the police and have them sort it out, but really, I'm not even sure if she was committing an actual crime. None of the review bomb reviews had her name on them. She left the property when she was asked to do so, and unfortunately, there was a ton of plausible deniability on her side. My other thought was about whether or not she would be willing to lie to the police as well, and then have me arrested and drag all this out in a horrible legal battle. In the end, I just told my parents I was sorry this happened and that I would try to find another job. Obviously, they were telling me not to be sorry, but I honestly felt like this whole thing was my fault. I went to bed and just kind of sank into a bit of a low mentality. The next morning, I woke up to my dad coming into my room and asking me if there was anything wrong with the car when I drove it from work the night before. We shared the car since he worked an early shift, and he was home by the time I needed to go to work. I told him that everything was fine on the way home the night before, and then asked him what he was talking about. 
He told me to come outside and see. I went with him, and come to find, both tires on the driver's side were flat. I was just standing there, staring at the car, thinking that Cheryl would have had to have done this. I obviously couldn't prove it was her, and there was no actual damage to the tires. The air was let out through the valve stem, but I had this hunch that this was just more of her trying to get back at me. I apologized to my dad, but I also told him that I had no idea because all four tires were fine when I was driving home the night before. He believed me, but I think my face was telling and he thought that I had an idea of what had happened. A few more days go by, I'm basically just floating through the motions and trying to move forward with things, when out of nowhere, I get a call to the guidance counselor's office. I head in, and they sit me down. Then, the counselor tells me that they got an anonymous report that I was suicidal, and that I had supposedly told one of my friends that I was going to bring a gun to school in order to do a suicide by cop. I obviously vehemently denied this. It was nowhere near true, and I would have never have said anything like that. He then told me that even though I was a good student and didn't cause trouble, and even though I was vehemently denying it, they would have to send me home for a few days on suspension, and that they would be required to go through my locker while I was gone, and after that, I would be required under policy to have my bags searched and walked through the metal detector every morning for an indefinite amount of time, basically until they believed that the threat was cleared. Once again, I was in a position where I had to explain to my parents what was going on, since my mom had to leave work to come pick me up from the guidance office. I told her that Cheryl was out to get me, and that she was doing everything in her power to quickly ruin my life. I think, at first, she was a bit iffy on believing me, but then I literally burst into tears, and I think that may have been what hit it home for her that something was going on. I told her that while I was dating Cheryl, she was super controlling. I told her about all the red flags, and how she flipped out on me for talking to my cousin, and how she freaked out when I had a picture of my sister on Snapchat. I told her about what she did at my work, how she was the one that filed the complaint with my boss, and most likely the one that had review-bombed the store. I pretty much just unloaded everything on my mother, because I had felt like my life had just fallen apart over a girl that I didn't even like before she decided that we were dating around a month and a half ago. Looking back, it was all so stupid that it happened like it did, and it all happened so quickly. Going from friends to dating to me feeling like everything was ruined. I could see why I was so upset. My mom ended up telling me to take the time off and that she would talk to the counselor about what was going on. She told me that I should take the rest of the week if I needed it and just have a mental health break. 
I agreed, and decided I would just sit at home and do nothing for a few days, just enjoying some time to myself. But first, for some reason, something in my mind told me that I needed to message Cheryl and just try to get her to leave me alone. So, I did. I literally texted her and said, Look, I know that things got complicated between us. I said things that upset you, but could you please just leave me alone and stop doing all of this? I get your point. You are in control. But please just let me be and move on. She replied pretty quickly, but it wasn't a good reply. She said something to the effect of, Okay, I'll move on to Anne, then. How's that sound? I immediately contacted Anne to tell her, and she told me she would keep a lookout. I really didn't know how far Cheryl would take it, since, while she hadn't done anything violent or aggressive toward me, she had still managed to really screw things up for me in a relatively short amount of time. To be safe, I actually called my uncle and explained to him what she had done, and that she was now targeting Anne. And, honestly, this was probably one of the best things I think I could have done. My uncle, my mom's brother and Anne's stepfather, is a bit of a security nerd. He has cameras all over his property, and he knows how to protect himself. My warning actually put him on edge, and might have led to what happened next. As expected... Cheryl started to go after Anne and trying to cause her problems. She started by trying to start a fight in school with her by talking crap on me, and just told her that she wasn't listening to it and walked away. When Cheryl tried to follow her, Anne made it a point to walk toward one of the security guards and stand there, knowing that Cheryl wouldn't do anything. There were a couple of other things that she tried that I honestly cannot remember, but it's not really important. It's important to know that she spent a few days trying to make Anne's life hell, and Anne wasn't letting it happen. Then, Cheryl made a huge mistake and decided to escalate. The night it all ended, Cheryl had decided that she was going to try to throw a brick through the glass pane on the front door of Anne's house. Unfortunately for Cheryl, when she decided to do this, my uncle was in the garage, and in the garage, my uncle has a large screen that connects to all of his security cameras, so he saw her as she was walking up. He was already walking out the side door when Cheryl actually threw the brick. He watched her do it, and was less than 20 feet away from her when she did. My uncle being the guy that he is, immediately drew his gun and told her to get on the ground. He's not a police officer, but he is former military, and he's built with that kind of intimidating that you don't really want to mess around with. From what I was told, as soon as she saw the gun in my uncle's hand, she immediately fell to the ground and just stayed there. Apparently, he had scared the hell out of her, and she was honestly terrified that he was going to shoot. From there, Anne called the police, 
and they came. My uncle told them what happened and showed them the camera feed. Cheryl was arrested and subsequently charged. I do wish that there was more of a happy ending for me, but there wasn't. I didn't get my job back. I went back to school and went through a month of being searched every single morning. After that, I moved on and just stuck to myself and those that I knew were actually close, like Anne. Honestly, though, I didn't really mind that things didn't go back to perfect for me. Cheryl got caught doing something that was super illegal, probably got the scare of a lifetime from my uncle, and I honestly hope that this was the point where she decided to turn her life around. I have no idea what happened to her, and honestly, I don't want to know. I just hope that Cheryl and I never meet again. This all started back when I was in my first year of college, so around four or five years ago. And while it may not be the most terrifying story involving a stalker that exists, it's one of those things that happened to me that I genuinely will not get over. Honestly, I still sometimes get chills and anxiety thinking about this whole situation, and I know that sounds dramatic, but living it is a whole lot different than reading it. While I was a freshman at my college, I was also working as a junior admin assistant for a medium-sized corporation, basically doing whatever it was that the admins and their assistants asked of me. In essence, I was an assistant to the assistants. So... I was super low on the totem pole. It wasn't a bad job. Some of the people were a bit rude, but I kind of think that had more to do with the corporate environment than them as people. Though, they could also have just been a-holes, it's hard to say. One of my weekly duties was restocking what was, essentially, the office supply stand. This company had an open floor plan, and in the center of the third and top floor was a cubicle segment that was filled with office supplies that people could freely take. It was basically an honor system, though there was a camera directly above this cubicle, and one of my jobs was to get the supplies from the closet and make sure that the pens and post-its and whatnot were all full and ready for people. It wasn't a hard task, honestly. It was just meticulous and took a good amount of time. The week that this all started, I was stocking the supplies and was approached by an employee that I didn't know. He looked a bit nerdy, had a bowl cut, thick glasses, not trying to be rude or poke fun at nerdy people, just saying that he kind of fit the stereotype. Anyways, he walked up to the cubicle and kind of just stared at me. After a moment, I realized that I was probably blocking whatever it was that he was trying to get to, 
and maybe he just really didn't want to talk to me. I apologized. I asked him what I could get for him and was just trying to be polite and keep my head down. He responds with, I don't think I've seen you here. Are you new? I was a bit confused. I'd been there for around a month, but maybe he didn't get up to the third floor very often. Well, I've, I've been here almost a month. I'm a junior admin assistant. My name's Callie. Again, trying to be polite, but not overstepping. I'm Peter. I work in desktop support. He put his hand out to shake mine, which felt kind of weird considering what I was occupied with and how this conversation had started. But again, maybe he was just bad with people? It's very nice to meet you, Peter. Is there something I can help you with? I shook his hand quickly and turned back to finish my stocking. He kind of chuckled and mumbled something under his breath. I just let it go and went back to stalking. He stood there the entire time that I was putting things in the cubicle, which I obviously thought was a bit weird, but again, it was what it was. As I finished up, I stepped out and put the remaining extras on the cart to put back into the closet. I told him it was very nice to chat with him, and that I hoped that he had a great day. He smiled and told me that he would see me around. Overall, I thought it was nothing. He was awkward, but harmless. I expected nothing to come of the situation beyond me having to potentially say hi to him if I saw him again in the future. Then, the next week rolled around. I was doing my supply stocking, and sure enough, Peter walked up to the cubicle, this time holding a box of donuts. I paused for a moment and watched him walk up and open the box. The whole time, he had this goofy grin on his face and was staring at me. I never thought a man walking up to me with a box of donuts could manage to look creepy, but there we were, and there he was, looking incredibly creepy. He asked me if I wanted a donut, and I was polite and took one, and I placed it on a post-it note in the cubicle, because I had nothing else to put it on. I said thank you, and he just continued to stand there and stare at me without saying anything for several moments. So, I did the worst thing I possibly could have done. I asked him how things were. In my mind, I was just being polite, trying to make small talk. Then, out of nowhere, he asks me what I'm doing that weekend. He didn't answer my question, he just literally jumped into asking me out. I kind of laughed at him a bit when he asked. It was completely unintentional, he just caught me off guard. I politely told him that I had a fiancé. His smile kind of fell into a half frown, but he kept his awkward stare. After a few moments of silence, he put the donuts down in the cubicle and turned to walk away. I honestly had no idea how to take any of this, so I just decided to move on and ignore it. The next day, I was at my desk trying to book a flight for one of our C-level employees 
when I feel a hand on my shoulder. I literally jumped and damn near screamed when it happened. I turned to see who the hell it was, and to my surprise, it was Peter. Even more to my surprise, he had gotten a haircut, and he didn't look quite as nerdy as he had been. He apologized for scaring me, and said that he just wanted to apologize for how awkward he had been the day before. He said he didn't get out much, and that he was socially awkward, but he realized he had stepped out of line when he asked me out. His tone, his manner of speaking to me, and his overall demeanor was completely different, and he seemed sincere. I told him it was fine and that we all have our awkward moments. He then tells me that he did have something for me, but it had nothing to do with the previous day's situation. He then pulls out a gift card to Red Lobster from his pocket and places it on my desk. He follows that up with saying, I promise this has nothing to do with yesterday. I got this for my birthday a couple weeks back, and I'm allergic to shellfish, so I'd rather it goes to someone who could use it. It was a nice gesture, and I appreciated it, so... I told him thank you, and then I told him that I was actually talking to my sister about wanting to go together to Red Lobster recently, and it was perfect timing. He kind of laughed it off and told me that he hoped I had a good time, and then left. This interaction was completely different from the other two times. The rest of the week goes by, and my sister and I actually made plans to go have lunch and then see a movie afterwards. We used the gift card and then went to the movies, and as we were leaving, who else did we run into but Peter? At first, my mind was freaking out, thinking about how awkward he was and how much I didn't want to deal with it. But then, our last interaction came to mind, and I thought the least I could do was thank him. He saw me and walked over. We said hi. I introduced him to my sister, told her he was the co-worker that gave me the gift card that we had lunch on. There were a couple moments of idle chit-chat, and then we all went our separate ways. It wasn't until we got into the car that my sister pointed out that Peter had the same haircut as my fiancé and that he dressed the same as him. It was a bit out of nowhere. At first... I had to think about it, but I just told her that it wasn't an uncommon look for guys. Honestly, it wasn't too crazy to think that more than one guy could have the same look. She wasn't wrong, they both had their hair shaved on the sides and back, but longer on the top and pushed to one side. The clothing thing I couldn't really speak on because I didn't see it. I ignored it and moved on. Over the next couple of weeks, a few more strange things happened that had me a little curious. I would be talking to my sister over Facebook Messenger about craving chocolate-covered strawberries. The next morning, Peter walked in with a box of chocolate-covered strawberries. He said they were for anyone that wanted them, but he wanted to see if I wanted some first. I was talking to her about Game of Thrones, and 
Then Peter would bring up how much he loved Game of Thrones out of nowhere. I would read a story on Google News, and Peter would casually mention something that was related to the story. As those two weeks pushed on, everything was just too strange, and I was kind of feeling like he was watching me, and waiting for me to do anything so he could bring it up and make it seem like he was also interested. Despite our few friendly chats, I pretty much just stopped talking to him and had fallen back into that he's a bit of a creep mentality. Then, I randomly got some text messages from him. It was Monday, and I was doing my stalking, just waiting for Peter to show up and make things weird again, when my phone goes off. I looked to see what it was, and it was a text message that said, Hey, it's Peter. I just wanted to let you know, I won't be in today. I'm not feeling too well. Not only did I not know how the hell he got a hold of my phone number, I didn't know why he was texting me. I just simply responded with, Hey, this is Callie. I think you texted the wrong person. He replied saying that he meant to tell me because he didn't want me to worry. I just put my phone away and decided to not even bother replying. They started texting me good morning every single day after that. I think I responded once or twice, but after that I just started to ignore him. Then, another Monday rolls around. He walks up to the supply cubicle with a huge smile on his face. I sigh and brace myself for another conversation with this guy that was just not getting it. He then pulls a small jewelry box from his pocket and opens it. It has two earrings that look like they are legitimate, real pearls, and then asks me if I wanted them. I asked why the hell he was trying to give me pearl earrings, and he responded saying his mom bought them for his sister, but she didn't like them so he said he would give them to someone that would like them. I just stood there and stared at him for several moments before my brain just snapped. I sat down on the desk of the cubicle and took a deep breath before basically telling Peter that he needed to back off and that while he was a nice guy, I was engaged and that he wasn't going to get anywhere with me. I'm sure I said more, and I'm sure I was a bit more aggressive, but that's the gist of it. His smile faded, and he honestly looked like he was about to cry. He slammed the box closed and shoved it back in his pocket. He then stared at me straight in the eyes and said, What does Brian have that I don't? I look better than him. I have a better job than him. I can give you anything you want, and yet you still won't give me a chance? I'm a nice guy. I don't know why you don't see that. He then turned around and stormed off. I had no idea how to take this. I had never told him my fiancé's name. He should have no idea what my fiancé did for a living, nor what he looked like. I know what some of you may be thinking. I mentioned Facebook earlier, so... Maybe he got on there and scraped that information off of it. 
but that wouldn't really have been possible. I have my Facebook locked down to the point where you can't see anything or pretty much even find me unless I add you as a friend. Brian's is locked down the same way, and there's no way he could have really found either of us. Then, a thought hit me. Peter was in desktop support, and he had full access to my work computer. He seemed to know everything I was doing on that system, and he seemed to know everything I was talking about to people that I talked to on Facebook. To make a long story short, I called someone from the information security team up, and I explained the whole situation to him. I told him how Peter was acting creepy. I told him that he seemed to know everything I was doing on my system at all times, and about the situation that morning. At first, I'm not sure that he was interested. It wasn't until I told him about the Facebook conversations that he seemed to change to taking it seriously. He asked me if I had ever logged into my Facebook on my work computer. I unfortunately had to tell him that I had, and that I knew I wasn't supposed to. He said he didn't care about that. He asked me to open Facebook on my phone, and we went through to the spot in the security settings where you can see all of your open sessions. He told me to do the forced logout of every session, so I did. After a few minutes, we refreshed it, and sure enough, there was a session that was connected that was not my phone. He told me to grab my laptop and to come with him, which led to me having a meeting with the chief security officer about this whole situation. I was nervous as hell, but he clearly had an idea of what may have been going on. The end result of these conversations and a very brief investigation, Peter, being in desktop support, had managed to remotely install remote access software on my system, as well as a keylogger. When they went down to talk to him, they found that he had a browser open, and he was logged in to my Facebook account, because he had gotten my password. He had every single photo from my Facebook downloaded and in a folder on the computer, he had the software up and running and was watching my screen and what I was doing on my work computer at all times. He'd been watching the conversations, watching what I was searching, watching what I was just talking about, and he was apparently taking notes. Over a couple of months, Peter had almost literally started his own personality file on me and he was doing everything he could to be someone that I would get with. He, of course, tried to tell them that what he was doing with the remote software was legitimate, so that he could give tech support if needed. But, when they asked him about why he was logged into my personal Facebook, well, he didn't have an answer. Thankfully, Peter was fired. I worked there for another few months, but then decided that I wanted to move on to something else. Like I said, this was a few years ago, and thankfully, I haven't heard from Peter since, and I genuinely hope I never have to see his face again.
So that, my friends, was a collection of two terrifying stalker stories. Stories with stalkers involved. The second one, stalkers and stalkers. Sorry, that was a joke I could not resist making. Um, hopefully you guys enjoyed this collection. Maybe enjoyed is a strong word in this case, but hopefully uh, you found entertainment and education in this collection. How about that? If you did, please do consider joining the Nevermore. To do so, all you gotta do is hit that subscribe button, that icon next to it. You can also support by going to the website, merch store, social media, or through channel memberships or Patreon. Both get you early access to my videos. I get them up there as soon as I get them done. Sometimes it's several days. Sometimes, like today, it's going to be a few hours, unfortunately, but is what it is. They all get free stuff. They all get free stuff, too. So, there's that. Uh, yeah, anyway, if you did enjoy, uh, let me know. Let me know which of the two is your favorite, and let me know what you'd like to see on the channel in the future. And all that said, I hope you have a beautiful weekend, and I hope I'll see you on the next video. But until then, sleep well.